0: I have issues. I'm Lucifer Storm, and I've got a quick question for you. How are you? How the devil art thou? Hopefully, you're all keeping well and safe. So, as some of you may know, I I do this little one-man shoot-the-shit podcast, and I haven't done it for a while. It's hard to keep up with because when you're doing it on your own, you've got no one else to talk to, but that changes tonight. This is like the 11th reboot of this podcast And I'm going to be doing it with a guest this evening. But before I introduce our guest, I just want to remind everyone that I'm working on a book called Lady Satan, An Angel in a Killer's Dress. You can see the cover up on screen right now. I'll show you a couple of pages whilst I talk about this book, because this book, ah, I'm really pleased with how this book is coming along. I've been working on the Act 2 or Issue 2 for some of you out there. And as you will remember me mentioning, there's going to be a little announcement concerning this book on halloween that's right halloween i'm going to be making a very special announcement concerning this book and if you want to know what that announcement is you need to go to lady-satan.com and sign up to the newsletter don't worry you won't get spammed just every now and then when there's a bit of news or an announcement you're going to be one of the first people to get it and uh you know i haven't shown this spread as yet but here's a double page spread from act two the second issue so i'm going to get that off the screen for you right now Look. And we're, ne- we're going to have our guest join us. This man comes all the way from the U.S. of A. He has a YouTube channel called Geronimo Draws, and I highly recommend that you subscribe to it. He is the author and artist of a little book called Blood Realm, which was published by Old Alterna Comics. And he's got a new book coming out very soon called Wirehead. Everyone welcome, Mr. Robert Geronimo. Robert, how the devil art thou, good sir?
1: i'm doing excellent welcome to be i'm happy to be here <laughs> welcome to be here
0: <laughs> <I'm> welcoming myself <laughs> well if you don't do it who will
1: right i got to that point now i'm so cocky i just welcome myself into shows <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you ever just, like, like, go, go on did you go on to like random people's shows they haven't even invited you you just turn up you and know, go welcome
1: i me. just welcome welcome me we're <laughs> <laughs> all happy i'm here <laughs>
0: so good sir how the devil art thou
1: i'm doing great happy to be here man
0: excellent i'm glad you're here because last time uh, you joined me on the live stream it was with my my main man russ leach on our show is it just us and it was getting to that point towards the end of the show where it was like no we're running out of time why I why <laughs> I I, I, i'm finding out about some of your passions and there's some of my passions too yes so we we can rectify that this evening but i think the first thing the first <laughs> thing we need to cover is your new book wirehead in fact if i click a couple of buttons i shall bring up the cover look at that that's a beautiful that is a beautiful beautiful cover is this a book that because i know with blood realm you (laughs) wrote and drew it uh with this book have you just written it have you just drawn it or have you done both once again
1: this one i had on the back burner for a while and I did all the concept art of like wirehead, the designs. I had all this stuff. It actually started as a short story and only eight pages. And then I was like, you know what? I want to take this on, but I'm just so swamped with Blood rum that I know if I do it, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown.
0: <laughs> so
1: <laughs> I felt the best option was to hire or work with an artist. So luckily, you know, I'm very picky. So I ended up working with an artist that I trust. He actually was my former student. and. Yeah, worked with him for a while. He really spent time honing his skills. And we both have an affinity for horror. So I felt like it was a perfect fit. And when I was giving him my concept art and everything like that, and I saw what he was doing with the characters, I was like, this is exactly the vibe we're going for. Cause I felt like it needed a comic book feel, going back to like the old EC comics from the 1950s, you know, because my style is very illustrative in a way, you know, a little bit more like Sergio Toppi, Mobius, stuff like that. Yeah. So I felt like this needed that American comic, you know, 1950s look
0: kind of. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I, I just, I absolutely love the cover. As I was saying to you before we started this stream, there's something about it that reminds me of like cosmic horror movies, yeah. like thing and the void. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's probably a bit cliche to say this, but a little bit of stranger things as well. Oh, you sure. Know? Yeah. Well, it's I, anything I, I, 80s I now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that, that's a beautiful cover. So you, you. you mentioned that this started as, as an eight page story. And then it, mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of grows from there. I, I feel you so much on that. Because the amount of times I've sat down and gone, right, this idea, it needs to be a short story. It starts as eight pages. And then right. I go, ah, oh, but it just, it just needs that little bit extra. Hit. All of a sudden, it's 12 pages. That's it. Then all of a sudden, it's 12 books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and grows and grows from there. So it's what is what is the story of Wirehead?
1: It is an homage to those classic slasher films that we love so much from the 80s. You know, it's except that it's a cybernetic beast that is terrorizing these unsuspecting teens in the Pocono Mountains. So it's it's very, you know, exactly what you expect, but there's gonna be that, you know, Geronimo blood realm twist and vibe that comes into it i'm um, putting my own personal spin on the slasher genre and i feel like there's not enough slasher comics i feel like we need more of that stuff you know
0: yeah yeah i mean like what stuff do we really have when it comes to slasher comics i mean there's there's some old uh, nightmare <coughs> on elm street stuff uh like like marvel put out some nightmare on elm street stuff wasn't a it big fan of that. right no. we, we had some friday the 13th some texas chainsaw massacre but nothing like really new and original and unique
1: exactly yeah and I felt like I just feel like during times of turmoil I mm. feel people need something cathartic and when we look at slasher films back in the the 70s we were coming out of the Vietnam War and they were craving like they had all this pent-up aggression they were so frustrated and what, what, what was the release you know some guy in a mask killing all these people you yeah. know and it, it, it's there's a release when you see that stuff. I mean, obviously, I don't think anyone was really going out to you know reenact it, obviously, but you know, it, there's something about it that's cathartic. And I feel like, with, given the time that we're in right now, I feel horror. It's particularly slasher horror is going to come back because we're in a moral panic right now. That we're in a a, a pandemic. That, you know, it's all crazy. You know, <laughs> and and I feel like everyone is just ready to lose their minds. So let's read about a bunch of teens getting torn apart by a cyber cybernetic beast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what better reason? What better really? reason to write that kind of story? That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, like, have you ever seen a movie called Hardware?
1: Hardware? Uh, so, wait, I've, you know what? I've always seen the box art for it, but I've never watched it. Is it a killer robot? I,
0: I, yeah, I believe it's a killer robot. I've never seen it. but I was oh. watching um, this documentary about 2000 AD. Mm. Uh, and uh one of the guys in it mentioned that he did this like little four-page story. I can't remember what it was called, but he mm-hmm. did this little four-page story about like a like a killer robot. And then he went to the cinema and was like, "What's this hardware?" So he went in and watched hardware and went, "That's my fucking story." They've ripped me <laughs> off. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. No, I, I I think you're right when it when it comes to to writing a story. Uh, you, you do tend to take a look at the times and the environment around you Absolutely. and and the pandemic is just one fucking thing on its own on i think its own. That it, it inspires so much when it comes to the horror genre and stuff mm-hmm. but the moral panic especially mm-hmm. because yeah. it reminds me of kind of like the late 70s early 80s Same. where you where you did have like a lot of groups that were going out, going, "This is outrageous! Oh, mm-hmm. Why, why do these horror movies exist?" And this, that, and the other, and that harkens back to Frederick Wortham with the seduction Absolutely. of the innocence. Yes. And over here, we had the video nasty scandal, where horror movies right. were targeted and prosecuted. Yes. And, stuff. and most people's answer to that was, well, oh, we'll just make more of them." That's a- <laughs> exactly <laughs> it. That's what so, it is. So- so w- what inspired this story? Where where did the concept come from? I'm interested to hear your, your thought process when it comes to conceiving a story like this one.
1: Sure. Well, the character itself, I just thought, personally, um, slashers always freaked me out, especially when they're human. But what creeped me out was the first Terminator when I was a kid. Yeah. Because, you know, and that has a slasher feel when you watch that film. Because... That T-800, you know, he's stalking. He's stalking Sarah Connor, knocking people off. But what always creeped me out was the fact that you can't gouge its eyes, you can't bite its arm. It's not gonna feel it. It's gonna keep squeezing and squeezing and squeezing. So I, I was like, that's the thing that terrifies me the most. Even the film, I don't know if you guys, you may have seen it, you probably know about it. I think it was Death Machine. With Stephen yes. Warrington, it's like that killer robotic dog thing. You know what I'm talking about? I love that yeah. film, <laughs> and oh, I, think, I think Brad yes. Dourif is in it. You know? Yes. It, and it, uh, the idea that this thing can chop down on you on your leg, but like you can't do anything to make it feel pain to you know relinquish its its grip. So I figured that is not if that's not the perfect you know trait for a slasher. I don't know what it is imagine this now this you have this towering beast that's that's stalking the woods taking teenagers and just if it's going to take that head it's going to squeeze and squeeze and squeeze doesn't matter how loud you scream it's not going to feel anything in its ears you know what I mean you can bite it as hard as you want you may even break your own teeth but he's just yeah. going to keep squeezing till
0: <laughs> oh man yes yeah, th- those are the reasons why I quite like uh, exorcism and possession stories yeah is because if you're the one who's being possessed, it's like, well, no matter what I do, it's not actually harming this demon inside of me. It's just hurting right. me. Yes. Oh, I fucking love that. That's great. Because I find yeah. like, um, especially since the early 2000s, when people have approached horror, because we had pushed the boundaries quite a lot with, ha- with horror leading up to the early 2000s, mm-hmm. that, that bred the extreme horror genre.
1: Yes, the the hostel, right? Is that what we're talking about?
0: Yes, yeah, hostels probably like some Laila. mainstream kind of oh, extreme okay. horror, but yeah. but yeah, like a lot of people call it torture porn, which which is a definition I don't really like because right. I don't. I don't watch those those movies right. and think, oh, yeah, right. You know, that's sexually getting me off. I sure. watch them go. That was fucking gruesome. I like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like you said, it, it, it's cathartic.
1: It is. It, it completely is. And that was out of the, the 9-11, post 9-11 films. So yeah. we see that the anti was pushed w- with those films, because after that, you know, you know, traditional slasher didn't work anymore. Now, yeah. we, we, you know, it was a whole different vibe. So What do they do now it's like we need even more catharsis we need like people getting tortured so it's fascinating how the audience responds because it was and you have the soft films during the same time
0: yes yes and and because of that i think i think a lot of writers were like oh okay so when it comes to like writing a horror story Mm -hmm. it's about the most gruesome ways of killing people right and that can be a, a good aspect of it, but it's kind of forgetting about the story and, and the lead character and their their internal struggles and exactly. stuff. And to me, that's a very important part of storytelling.
1: Oh, 100%. And I think that's what happened. I think, and that's why the slasher genre kind of died out because even horror films lately, you know, it ended up being now loud noises. That was it—just yeah. loud noises to get you to jump because you didn't expect it. And story became an afterthought. It was about how can we just, you know, give you jump scares and get you wild, you know? So what I'm doing with Wirehead, I'm really consciously trying to merge all of them together. We're going to have character story and, you know, some guts and all that good stuff.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. So when does the Indiegogo campaign launch for Wirehead?
1: So it launches October 13th, and I can't wait i figure that's a good date right the 13th
0: yes that's a fucking fantastic date, and i just want to let everyone know that the link to the pre-launch campaign is down in the description box down below it is so worth signing up to it i did it earlier i'm I still did. waiting for, for the email from indiegogo that goes are you sure you, you want to, you want to subscribe to this <laughs> i haven't had that yet but when you it comes that, I, I, I... fucking yeah. right i do <laughs> I want yeah. more stuff like this because, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I I love comics of, of all different types. Sure, you no, know, I like I like those slice of life comics, like Craig Thompson's Blankets. That's that's a particular favourite of mine. Yeah. Uh, I also love that weird surreal stuff, like Charles Burns's Black Hole and mm-hmm. Daniel Klaus's uh, yes. like Velvet Glove Cast in Iron. You know, there's there's something very oh, yeah. David Lynch. Yes. About, about about those comics. Yeah, well,
1: I, I... the art very much is is akin to Charles Burns when you see it. I I have some previews I can show you.
0: Oh, fantastic, fantastic! Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna look at them in a second. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I I dig superhero comics as well, but I really miss those kind of Vertigo outlaw comics yeah like, like we don't get much of them anymore like you you can look at certain comics today and go oh well this is akin to like iron man in the 80s right or this this is akin to this in the 70s mm-hmm. so but but you don't really pick anything up and go this is like a modern sin city or this is a modern preacher
1: no yeah it's true it's true I, and, and that has a lot to do with the industry itself and the way it's just driven itself into the ground <laughs> like, <laughs> It's going to be done. But I feel we, we're we in the midst of an indie renaissance, and I think you're going to get a lot more of those stories. Again, I was – a lot of the big publishers all told me that Blood Realm was was just – there wasn't an audience for it. They said, oh, it looks great. The story's cool, but, like, you know, uh, we can't really sell this to anybody. But clearly um, they were wrong because Peter was yeah. able – from Alterna was clearly able to sell it. So, you know, it's – it's in the we're in the midst of a, a no risk you know environment in creativity you know what I mean and with indie and Indiegogo and stuff like that it's everything's a risk it's a risk because you're hitting that launch button and you know yeah. it's 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 stuff that would people wouldn't take a chance on because they're maybe too scared to publish it
0: yeah yeah absolutely and a lot of the a lot of the publishers now they've forgotten what it's like to be hungry. Yes. The, the, they're like, "Oh, well if, if the book doesn't do well, that's fine because we've got this movie and that's going to make a billion that's dollars it. easily." Mm-hmm. And
1: and for security.
0: Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, we don't want to offend anyone." And it's like, "Hold on, back in the day of the comics code,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: guys were pushing against that any which way but loose. And yeah. now you're agreeing with it?"
1: Oh, it's crazy. It's, it's absolutely insane. insane. It's, it's so weird, and that's why I feel, you know, I was like, now's the time for Wirehead. I really felt like that because I've been sitting on this story for a while because, like I said, it was a short story first, which I'm probably going to include in the book because it's actually kind of like a prequel. So, uh, you know, I just felt like, you know, I wrote this thing about six, five years ago. I said, look what's going on now. People have all this, you know, pent-up stuff. Now's the time for Wirehead. Now, now's for something insanely crazy, bloody, you know, just – slasher all the way through it's time
0: and who knows if things go well i mean like since the 80s can you really name any new slashes that people are like oh my god i love that like how many Mm -hmm. people look at a nightmare on elm street and call them the Freddy movies right right Right? yeah (gasps) no one does that with scream or i know what you did last summer (laughs) they were probably like some of the the last slashes that we that we really got yeah who knows if you do this right maybe Mm -hmm. people will start going wirehead it's all about wirehead this is
1: that would be great that would be that would be really great
0: oh absolutely especially as i i mean i don't know about you and i can't speak for everyone on the planet Mm -hmm. but i'm i'm meeting more and more people who like me they're looking at like the the new books that are coming out from mainstream publishers they're looking (laughs) at new music and they're looking at new movies and going it's all polished and it sucks. Art- <laughs> yeah, basically, it, it sucks ass. You get the odd movie or the odd book where you're like, yes. "All right, that that's the exception to the rule." But look at all right. this shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it is. Too- it's just shit.
1: It, it is, and it's it's the that'll do mentality. Everyone's like, "Ah, oh, that'll do. That it's fine. It's fine." Yeah, but but can we make this better? Is this is this the best we can do? Doesn't matter. That'll do. Print it ship it. it it's it's so comfortable and it sucks because you're not pushing the medium you're not pushing storytelling you're just you're just here you're milk toast as my friend says you know what I mean yeah. and that's what's going on and I want to push boundaries that's why I made blood run I was like this is art that you wouldn't see in comic books mm-hmm. and this is kind of a story that is is dark it's it takes lord of the Rings and mix it with the Exorcist and real twisted stuff yeah. and I, you know, because when you see what's out, you're like, why would I just want to copy what other people are doing? It's so boring. You know, I'm not going to chase a trend. I want to make a trend.
0: I mean, do you really want people looking at your work and going, yeah, you're the, what you're doing here, it's just like Alan Moore. Right. Or do, you, exactly. or do you want them to look at that and go, that is uniquely Robert Geronimo.
1: Exactly. Right.
0: That's exactly what you want. I'm <laughs>
1: right? yeah. and look you're going to be you're going to be influenced by people and they're going <laughs> to see your influences but at the end of the day they're gonna, still going to say yeah but he's doing his own thing with that stuff and that's yeah. the key you know
0: yeah i i mean i i'd rather see creators like yourself who are swinging for the fences they're they're mm-hmm. taking chances and saying okay this isn't captain america but right this is its own thing and i think one thing that a lot of people forget and it's very easy for indie creators to forget as well is Mm -hmm. just because it's something different doesn't mean there isn't an audience out there for it if you're passionate about it and think i love this story this is the kind of thing i want to read guaranteed if you look hard enough there are people out there oh definitely same piece of work be like where was this all my life
1: there exactly there is an audience for everything that's one thing i learned is that uh if, if you make a certain type of thing there's going to be somebody that it's their thing. That is their thing. And like you said, that's the thing they've been waiting for. And it's going to feel as if it was made just for them. So, you know, and that was the response I had. I'm very fortunate with blood rum and I'm hoping that I'll have the same response with wirehead.
0: I'm sure you will. I am sure you will, because I know I'm not alone when I say there's not enough horror comics out there, Especially, especially original horror comics.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: And with a style, with the art style that you've got going on, just from that cover alone, there's something mm-hmm. very, it, you look at that cover and you like, oh, I'm going to be in for a wild ride. But there is yeah. also something very pleasing about the art style as well. Mm.
1: Yeah, and I think it's because it has that comic book feel, you know, the traditional look to it. Uh, Michael, the artist, has a great sense of black and white. Um, they're very rich. Originally, it was going to be in color. And I showed the colored versions to Peter Samedi and he was like, you know, oh, it looks cool And then all of a sudden I accidentally sent him the black and white and he was like, what's this? And I said, oh, sorry. I accidentally sent you the black and white files. He was like, no, 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 no Are you kidding me? He was like, this is how it looks without color and I said, yeah He was like no color you you cannot put color on this work. I was like, really? He was like, I'm telling you right now He was like, this is too rich this is going to look great and it's going to have a phenomenal black and white horror book feel, you know? Mm. So I was like, okay. And uh, now I can't even imagine color. You know, that's why the, the, the cover is perfect because it has that two tone kind of vibe. You know, I think what a lot of modern colorists do is that they kind of overpaint, you know, and you, you lose that line work. And you'll see is that there's a lot of line work done in Michael's work
0: oh, that's what I like to hear. I'm a sucker for black and white comics. (laughs) Yeah, the whole book's going to be black and white. A lot, like some of the earlier comics that I worked on, I was in that mindset of like, yeah, but most readers, they want color. And -hmm. then like, like with Lady Satan, I was just like, well, fuck them. I want to do black right. and white. I <laughs> well, think I'm allowed one project where I get to say, no, screw it, yes, I'm doing it my you're,
1: way. You're right. You, you, you know who wants color? I'll be honest. It's it's the industries because, in like comic shops, because they're they they they're afraid because Diamond won't take a book on that that doesn't have color. That's how they were. It was a nightmare with Diamond. So now with Peter, he was like, and they're, they're not with Diamond anymore. He was like, frigate, let's do black and white. We don't need to do what they want so we can get into their good graces.
0: Yeah, besides manga is doing gas. Oh, come uh, on. It's for selling, selling like volumes by the millions. It's and all sting. black
1: and white. All black and white. Uh, well, that's a whole other thing. It drives me absolutely crazy how you know Diamond in the modern industry just doesn't understand what they're doing because it's like, like what's wrong with you people?
0: <laughs> yeah. Like like we're all sitting from afar and just watching them. It's almost as if they're just sat there with a hacksaw going, we're going to hurt you, and then they're cutting off their own arm. <laughs> and, we're just, and we're just sat back really confused, just going, uh, "What? how's that what? meant to hurt me? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think you did more damage to yourself there. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And then they're like, Ha, ah, bet that really hurt. We'll check it out. We're going to cut off the other arm now. Right, right. <laughs> and it's just like... The- <laughs> Guys, they're just not fucking learning are they? no
1: no they're really not and you know what good but let, let them not learn because people are going to come to us that's what's going to happen yeah,
0: yeah that's absolutely it. i mean it's like um have you have you seen it chapter one yes right i i've i've told a couple of people this where you, you've got one character henry who's meant mm-hmm. to be horribly horribly racist right, right. And when he sees the the black character, who I've forgotten the name of, I'll remember it once the show's over. When he sees him, (laughs) the only thing he says to him is, go home. At no point did I think he's racist.
1: Right.
0: It was like, look, look, I get it. You you don't want to offend the audience and you don't want to offend the actor who has to play that (laughs) character. But how are we meant to understand how horrible something is if you don't show us how yeah. horrible something is? And that's
1: well, that that's
0: a gripe for me with mainstream oh, yeah. in in general. Okay, oh, yeah. to be watered horrified, down. Horrify.
1: Yeah, it's watered down, and that that's what irks me too. Even in children's books, you know, I had a children's book series, and they were saying the book was too scary, and I was like, well how are kids supposed to know what fear is and how are they supposed to conquer it if they don't know what it is? Yeah. It's like, give me a break. You know, it's like too much of this pandering, you know, it's like you, you're really just hurting them in the end.
0: Hmm. Well, it's kind of uh, an abusive codependency with the, with the audience and the studio or the publisher or whatever, but because they're saying you're too weak. You're mm-hmm. too fragile. Yes, to take this, but it's okay. can handle this. I'll, I'll protect you. I'll protect you. <laughs> so when you do come up against something scary, it's okay. Come to mummy.
1: Right, uh, except no one will be there.
0: Yeah. yeah, and exactly. they'll freak out. Like, it's just, it's really horrible to see that that's how the industry is going. And it, you know, it's like I said, it's not just movies; it's comics, and mm-hmm. novels, and and so much more.
1: Yeah. It, and again that's why indiegogo is going to be the place where you're going to get the fresh new stuff that's not going to be catering to an industry that is afraid to take risks you know it's, it's in fact it's really going to be catering to the audience that it's made for
0: yeah absolutely i mean i have i've had a couple of people say like oh you should take uh, lady satan to this publisher or this publisher and i've no, just turned do around it. And, and i've just turned around to them and just said no, they wouldn't take it for love nor money because I'm no. not going to hold back. I'm not going to censor the the, the story. Right. And, you know, I, I've I've had that before in the past where like I worked on a book called Jericho and I I had someone approach me about making it a film and I was like, okay, I'm I'm listening. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, but what we want to do is we want to take out some of the bad language. We want to take out some of the violence. Uh, we know in the book the character is 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 sexually abused from a young age by a father, but we want to take that right out. And of my course. response was,
1: oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the movie's
0: not happening. <laughs> right,
1: exactly. Yeah, you can't do it. I mean, look what they did with The Crow. Uh, and I love the one that they made, but uh, James O'Barr was like, Pulling his hair out during those producer meetings because they wanted to have Michael Jackson play the crow and they wanted it to be a musical. He was like, "What? Like, yeah, what are you guys talking about? <laughs>
0: it's it's absolutely bonkers." The the oh the the story that I love. I can't remember the name of the guy that um, directed Rain Man, um, hmm. but he he was. He was with some producers he had just finished making a new film he had showed them a cut of it and he's playing golf with them and they were saying we need to run this to a test audience so that we can make changes and oh, he was just like God. he was just like no i'm i'm not doing it i am just not doing it and they were no. like oh but you've got to every hollywood movie does it and all that and he just kept saying no and they were like why and he pulled out this slip of paper and he said i did a test screening for rain man and this is one of the people who saw that movie and this was their response to it and he handed them the paper and it just said why doesn't uh, Dustin Hoffman's character just snap out of it <laughs> And he said that's why I'll oh, never do a fucking test screening
1: again. Oh my god, that's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> it's it's absolutely fucking crazy. No you can't.
1: So, you can't. You just got to make your story. And that's yeah, it.
0: Absolutely. So with Wirehead, um <laughs> You, you've mentioned that you've shown it to peter sametti the yes the head, the head honcho of alterna comics yes i have will alterna be publishing the book later on or is it going to stay strictly with you
1: it, he, he's definitely interested uh i'm very fortunate that peter and i have a really good relationship i consider him a good friend so like when i was working on the campaign you know he was there to help me and build it up and uh, give me advice because you know he's he's got a ton of them under his belt and this is my first indiegogo i did kickstarters before but That was back in like 2012 2013 it's a different beast now you know everything is so different so uh especially the updates with indiegogo which i like way more than when i did kickstarter back then i found out kickstarter hasn't really changed much in seven years so (laughs) so i'm 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 happy with all these add-ons and all these different uh, perks and things you're able to offer to everybody so he's definitely interested in the book we'll just you know i don't want to make any announcements or say things first you know until we see how it goes you know it always drives me crazy when certain studios are like oh uh the movie's coming out but we just we just announced the whole trilogy is going to happen it's like <laughs> well, why don't you wait till we see the first film and we decide if we like it before you start a shoving down the next two movies down our throats you know
0: yeah fucking right i mean like could you imagine if someone like david cronenberg or quentin tarantino got up on stage on comic-con and went Here's my cinematic universe. Yeah, exactly. Like, like May 2022, pulp fiction 2. It makes me tired. Like <laughs>
1: <laughs> pulp fiction yeah. 2, yeah. Yeah, I'm just tired. You know, I'm like, oh, all right. So there's no anticipation, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. drives me crazy. When I see the Star Wars list and I saw the Marvel list, I was like, all right, well, I know it's coming out. There's no shocker anymore. You know, there's no anticipation of waiting. It's yeah. just there's no surprises so
0: and and like it spoiled things when they were sort of like oh spider-man far from home that will come out after end game and end game hadn't even come out yet it was just infinity war and we were like, i remember that so spider-man dies in the end of infinity war but he's coming back for this something tells me end games being spoke just ever so slightly that was
1: ridiculous i know yeah. that was yeah. really crazy but i will say this though my plan is to make if it goes well is to make some kind of slasher universe like a different slasher book every October because I have other Ooh. characters I'd love to <laughs> I got you going oh
0: <laughs> yes yeah
1: I have other characters so it'd be cool if I can do you know uh, I won't name the next character if it if wirehead does well you know one year and then next October will be the no- you know the next one and mm-hmm. it'll be a fun thing for me to do every Halloween
0: oh fantastic so mm-hmm what was like the biggest challenge of writing wirehead
1: just i would say uh writing a script because i usually don't do that so that was the, <laughs> that was the tough thing for me because i know in my head exactly what i want you know because i'm an artist as well so now i have to you know i don't need to be as specific for myself when i write blood run because i know exactly how i need it to be but now when i'm working with an artist I'm like oh I need to really describe what I'm seeing, but not too much because I still want him to do his thing. You know, I don't yeah. want to be a totalitarian, even though I am a little bit. You no, know, I, I don't want to say totalitarian. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm just, uh, you know, I know what I want. I'll put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, he just popped in. Michael oh. Shea is the artist. He said, hey, guys, that's him.
0: Hello, Mike O'Shea. How the devil art thou? Good sir. We're going to have to get you on the show at some point so we can talk to you about Wirehead as well.
1: Yeah, oh my oh, goodness. Let's speak of the devil just now.
0: <laughs> That's I kind of creepy. Right? Oh, he's kind of like the, the YouTube chat version of Candyman. Mention yeah. his name a few times and boom! <laughs> he just turns up. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, <laughs> so
1: yeah, so uh, basically um, you know, it was, it was, that was the challenge and because I kind of, when I work on Realm it's kind of like reverse. It's like that Marvel method where I I know what the story is. I have certain dialogue beats that I definitely want to happen, and then I, I draw it, and then I write the words. Because I like the art to, uh, the I'm sorry, the words to serve the art rather than the other way around. But for Wirehead, I had to actually write everything out, do the script. We tried the Marvel method in the beginning, and it wasn't quite working the way we wanted it to. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take the time. And really flesh things out and it's good re- good that we have a good relationship where it's like hey you know what i think i meant to say this instead for this panel and he's like okay no problem you know so that's that's what you want you want that kind of you know you want to be in sync with your with your artist you know the whole creative team in general
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because last, like, last thing you want to do. I've seen people do this in scripts, and I was guilty of doing this back in the day. Is where you go right, panel one. I want it to be this shape. It needs to take up exactly this much of the page. And in that panel, you need to put this, 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 this. this. Yeah, it, it's so easy to to forget that it's like, well, the artist has a voice too. Yeah, if you if you tell them too much, then you might as well just silence them. You might as well turn around and go, actually, fuck you. I'm drawing it myself.
1: Yeah, it's, it's true. You know, you have to do that because you forget that their job is to interpret your words and make it sequentially uh, visually interesting, you know? So it's kind of like releasing that freedom. I think it's just harder when you are an artist and you do that stuff already, you know? So it's like, Oh, but I saw it at this angle specifically because this is how I would have drawn it, you know. But then sometimes he surprises me and I'm like, Oh, you know what? I didn't see it that way. Let, let's yeah. let, let's do it with the shot you had with that. So
0: yeah, so you're not just letting the story breathe, you're letting the artist breathe and their artwork right. breathe. Exactly. That's, wow. Oh man, dude, like the more we talk about this, the more excited I'm getting for this.
1: I, I can't wait. We, we, we've been ready for a while. We've actually been working on this thing for over a year. So, and I had the story made, you know, the short story that I did five years ago. And then, you know, when I really got serious about it, I was talking about it like a year ago and I was like, you know what, you know, let's mess around with this idea of a killer robot slasher book. And then now, you know, it, it, it evolved. That's what's interesting too, is that your project will evolve over time.
0: Oh yeah. Cause it's, it's, I think one thing that people don't take into account is that a project is like a living, it's like you've, just giving birth to a child, it's oh, going yeah. to grow, and as it grows and gets past its id and learns about ego and carries oh, on yeah. from there, its personality changes. So you need to change with it. You need to learn how oh, it right. reacts to certain things. Yes, and that is part of the fun. Those, those little surprises along the way. If you have everything like too strict, you might you might as well be working for Marvel or DC. <laughs> you might as well be. <laughs> and, and I mean. Having them like whipping you every now and then going no i want to (laughs) divest you know
1: (laughs) i mean i must drive mike crazy but uh i think the result is definitely you know it's it's his best work and he, he agrees like it's it's his best stuff from what i've seen and when he was my student like he's just he's just grown and the pages like there's so much punch literally uh with wirehead so i can't wait
0: brilliant brilliant so uh, like did you have to do much research in order to write the script not not just research as in like what's the best way to format a script but research (laughs) as in like well hold on in this part of the story i really need to know more about this specific topic
1: yes uh i would say that i had went on a serious during quarantine a slasher binge like you wouldn't believe (laughs) and oh yes every slasher you can think of I was on my list I'm still going through the list now uh, I've, I've watched tons and tons of slasher films to get that vibe you know and I have to say some of them have really surprised me some of them hold up really well to this day uh, particularly uh, the burning I don't know if you've ever seen the burning
0: oh the burning that's a classic
1: yeah it's been a while since I've seen a lot of this stuff too you know. And uh, so That was
0: a, a video, Nasty, back in the day. Was it? <laughs> and it? And it's got that guy from Se- from Seinfeld.
1: Yes, Jason Alexander. It's his first film, that's apparently.
0: Yeah, that's the one. And apparently, from what I've heard, I don't know how true this is. Mm-hmm. On one side of this massive lake, you had the crew working on Friday the 13th. And whilst they're working on that, on the other side of the lake, you no. had a different crew working on The Burning.
1: They were both filmed in Jersey?
0: Apparently, they were both filmed in Jersey around the same time.
1: Wow. I have to research that. I didn't know that. That's yeah, incredible.
0: That, that's, that's something I heard a while back. Take it with a pinch of salt. I could be horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: you never know. I mean, that's that's I watched that too, and it, that movie still holds up without a doubt. Friday the 13th, the original. It is just so well done. And uh, Black Christmas. Black Christmas oh, was a great one. I, I oh, thoroughly enjoyed that. Yes. That one's excellent. Excellent.
0: There, there, there's something. Uh, one of the things I absolutely love about Black Christmas, the original Black Christmas, I watch it every Christmas Eve. With yeah, it, nice. <laughs> is is you don't know anything about the antagonist. Mm-hmm. You don't know what they look like. No, you don't know what their name is. You don't know no. their backstory. You know nothing. You just nothing. know that they are evil as fuck.
1: That's it. <laughs> That's it. It's so well done, and that the tension. Olivia Hussey, right? She's the actress. She's so good in that. It's so crazy because when I watch interviews with her, because I was like kind of on a uh, a Black Christmas binge, so I was like researching, you know, her, and I want to see her interviews. And she said that sometimes when she does appearances, everyone's like, "Oh my god, I love your work. I love you in that film." And she's like, "Oh, was it Jesus of Nazareth? Was it Romeo and Juliet?" They're like, "No, Black Christmas." And she's like, "Oh, okay," <laughs> because she's like an incredible, incredible actress. You know, and those in those two other films when she plays Mary and she plays uh, Juliet, so it, it's she, insane.
0: She also plays Norman Bates as oh, Psycho God. Four.
1: Right, I forgot about that. That's right, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. She's she's so talented. and She just she doesn't do much now, but but man, she's great.
0: Yeah, and oh, who was the other one in Blackwood? Qu- Margot Kidder, wasn't it? Yes,
1: Margot Kidder's who in ended, it too.
0: Who ended up being Lois Lane? I know. so insane so no one in the chat complain us talking about horror movies has nothing to do with comics it (laughs) does
1: yeah i didn't see someone's mentioning the remake i did not watch any of the remakes for black christmas i didn't bother with those I,
0: i saw the 2006 remake and that was a movie that when i finished it i treated the dvd like a naughty puppy and I just I rolled up a newspaper and I was like, back in your basket. That was, oh my god, why did you piss on the carpet? It was so fucking horrible. <laughs> the, the first thing they did is they ruined the original. Well, not they didn't ruin the original, they ruined the antagonist from the original by going oh, yeah. Be- before we get into the story, let's show you his backstory and let they you know his name Billy. Exactly. I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like what did you take away from like I mean, I love the fact that your research was I'm just gonna watch slashes. Oh, I went crazy.
1: Chopping chopping mall, watch that one. Oh yes, robots. And and
0: you 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 cannot beat a movie with a good head explosion. No,
1: you have to have it. Oh, and I can't wait. I love that you just said that because there's gonna be a moment that's just for you, Lucifer, in my (laughs) head.
0: Bless you in your cotton socks, good sir. (laughs) I, I I, I i'm trying to imagine it and i know that i can't when i when i see that book i'm gonna be like oh yes oh yes.
1: yeah you, you're gonna, gonna know immediately tattoo. it
0: needs to be done right <laughs> <now>.
1: <laughs> you're gonna be very happy
0: i'm so glad you said that because like it seemed like head explosions they weren't necessarily common but they did happen mm-hmm. and then all of all of a sudden like publishers and studios went oh no we can't have head explosions like, oh that's that's for the common people too. yes I, I,
1: this will make you happy too. So first off I will say that this is probably the most rated R thing I've ever written and I write Blood Rome. So this is the most rated R thing um, Secondly, I had written this the script for the second chapter because it's like about three chapters and about you know a single issue's worth you know in terms of 24 pages 24 pages 24 pages nice. So I sent the second issue to uh, to the to Michael. And I said, "Do so you have any comments? You know, what do you think?" And he was just like, "Nothing. Just uh, you're sick."
0: It's <laughs> <I was> like <laughs> excellent. <laughs> I love that. I no. fucking love that. Um, oh god, when was it? It was about 2012, 2013. I was, uh, I was, I appeared at a convention in London. Mm-hmm. And I, I just started seeing this girl and she, she was an artist. She wanted to get into making comics and stuff. Sure. And whilst we, whilst we were there, she was like, Oh, I haven't actually read any of your stuff. So I'll read some. And at the time I was promoting this little book that unfortunately never got finished. It was meant to be a three issue mini series called skin and bones. Oh, nice. It, Good it, title. It, it was about two super powered serial killers looking for their missing gimp. <laughs> and uh, that, that was pretty much how I sold it to people when they were like, what's that about? I was like, it's two superpowered serial killers looking for their missing gimp have a read.
1: <laughs> I need to know if they find him. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And, she,
0: and uh, she she picked that up and she started looking through that. and Then she started looking through another one. And then later in the day, like we were having like a bit of a break and we were walking around London and she was really quiet. And I thought, Oh no, have I upset her? What have I done? Like, like have I said something really inappropriate or something? And I said to her, I was sort of like, Are you all right? And she was like, Yeah, it's just you're really nice to me, but then I read your work and it's <laughs> fucked up, and I can't wrap my head around it.
1: Yeah, it, you know, they, what what people don't understand is like, yeah, we're nice guys, but we have to vent in our art. Oh,
0: yeah, we have to if we vent. Don't, we're not nice guys. <laughs> we're not nice guys. Exactly.
1: <laughs> it's a hundred percent right.
0: Yeah. So, with this research with the slashes, which which, by the way, I love the fact that even though the book's finished. Mm -hmm. you're (laughs) still doing the research good man that's dedication yeah um what was the main element from slasher stories that you were like oh okay i need that that no matter what that needs to be in wirehead do you think like mood atmosphere was was a big part
1: of mood atmosphere without a doubt um i wanted you to feel for the characters and create a, a a relatable um intro so when we meet them i want it to be in a scenario that you're like oh uh, i could see myself in this situation you know Uh in whatever they're in and i don't want to spoil it and then also probably the most important ingredient that i found from all these films was that your slasher needs a great backstory so whether it's revealed at the end or whatever you need to have substance and depth to this to this slasher he can't just be a killing machine for the sake of it you know where does he come from? You know there has to be more to it, and that's something that I really took away from as I did all this research.
0: Fantastic! Did you? I'm. I, I need to know with with your research. Did you watch Behind the Mask: The Rise of Leslie Vernon?
1: Yes, I did.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: I just watched that a couple of days ago. I was on the list. <laughs> that movie's fantastic. <laughs>
0: I, I, I just love the fact that the slasher you're following the whole time is explaining mm-hmm. to you like little elements of storytelling when it comes to slashes that yes. you don't think about before seeing that movie like the, the whole Captain Ahab element
1: yes like absolutely. every
0: slasher needs a Captain Ahab yeah and I was like shit that's a really good point I don't think mm-hmm. I would have thought of that if I was sat down writing a slasher oh I'm so glad I'm not alone I love that movie
1: <laughs> that <laughs> movie's great that movie's great that was I, I went out and i would just ask a bunch of twitter people and i went on and i was like just throw movies at me and that was one of them that everyone kept saying you need to see this one i said okay
0: so, so excellent because at one point they were going to try and make a sequel and i think they were trying to crowdfund it and it didn't like uh succeed it didn't it no it didn't yeah so they so they started turning it into a comic book
1: yeah i didn't i didn't did they do that i didn't i didn't hear, hear anything and, more about it
0: I, I saw a couple of covers for the comic book, but I've never read it. So I don't know if it was ever finished and put out. I hope because okay. it, it would yeah. be nice to, because that's the kind of movie that for, for everyone who's watching, if you want to be a writer, if you want to strengthen your writing when it comes to telling your stories, check out Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, because it's not just a, a fun story they're teaching you little elements that you don't normally learn in your creative writing classes. Right, in fact, yeah. In fact, there's probably a lot of English teachers out there going, no, don't do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the film was really well done. And also, uh, even Japanese horror. I started uh, diving back into um, One Miss Call, but like the original, you know, yes. That's one of my favorite uh, Japanese horror films. One miscall. call again, not the American one. It's the, no. the Japanese one is he's like, no, no, no. it's, it's just fantastic.
0: Oh, also the ring is one that I love from Japan. The other oh. one is um, the eye. Yeah. yeah. Because, because I think a lot of what they do in the Japanese, the eye with the exception of the music, the music is so key yeah. to that story. Cause like for people who haven't seen it, you watch an American horror movie, here the orchestra, and you know, something's about to happen. And bang, it yeah. times it all perfectly. So it syncs with the music. Whereas the eye goes, we're going to build up that crescendo to silence. Yes. And it will keep you hanging. And then. Yeah. <laughs> the comes.
1: yeah, absolutely. And someone even mentioned Stinch mentioned Ichi the killer. And without a doubt, I, I love that manga. It's so good. And that, that movie is so
0: gruesome.
1: it is insane and you know when i was doing wirehead i wanted that manga violence you know Mm -hmm. because like the manga violence the japanese horror violence it has its own aesthetic and it doesn't hold back but it's also not like to the point where you feel like it's tasteless it's bizarre It, it, it teeters on it very well and you know that's something i wanted to do with wirehead when we had the the big violent moments.
0: Mm, uh, hopefully, there are plenty of big violent moments. No, there certainly
1: <laughs> are. There certainly are.
0: See, I yeah. I took a, a different approach with Lady Satan when it came to violence because uh it, there were movies like like Stinger's brought up Itchy the Killer. It's in it's batshit insane. It's mm-hmm. it's so gruesome. It's so disturbing. Right. But there is that kind of cartoonish element. Absolutely, yeah. And then and then you've got the other end of that spectrum which I can only describe as the opening scene from the dark night, because in that opening scene, there is a point where I think it's the Joker shoots a bank manager in the stomach at very close range with a shotgun, not one drop of blood. Right. So I wanted to to sit in the middle where it's like, you know what? If someone gets shot in the face, I want it to be as realistic as possible
1: sure yeah
0: but well, still yeah. have have that little hint of cartooniness because of the artwork but i want people to see what it really looks like so a lot of my research was like digging out like faces of death and like the old kind of like mondo movies yeah and and going through like medical journals and stuff which mm. it, it keeps you up at night i tell you i'm sure it does um, <laughs> there, there, there's a great writing book that i discovered i can't remember the guy's name but you can get it on amazon and it's called a writer's guide to violence
1: oh um,
0: and and this guy, you know, he describes his life very briefly where he says, I've been both a police officer and I've been a criminal. I've been in the army. I've done this, that, and the other. And he says himself, I don't like going into a story where the violence isn't realistic. Yeah. So he he doesn't just describe certain things to you saying like, well, realistically, when you shoot someone in the neck, this is how it actually looks. He links you. Uh, he doesn't show it in the book, but he links uh, like loads of different websites that have video and photos of like security camera stuff that's been uh, caught, caught on film of real violence. Like, I think the first link in the book is from Russian CCTV where there's a, a, a young girl at an ATM and a guy goes up behind her, throws her to the floor and then stamps on her head until she's dead. Like so, it's it's really fucking graphic stuff. Like I said, it will keep you up at night. He's allowed to. Meet.
1: He's allowed to publish that.
0: Apparently so. <laughs> I didn't have any problems ordering the book. Let's put it that way.
1: <laughs> wow, it's but called it's, the Writer's Guide to Violence.
0: Yeah, the Writer's Guide to Violence. So, <sighs> if if, if you got the strong stomach for it, I highly recommend checking it out because it will bring a unique edge to those violent scenes that you put Jeez. in your stories that's intense that is intense oh, God. yes absolutely it's very intense like so <laughs> so my my research wasn't as fun as yours <laughs> <laughs> right so I, i'm doing something horribly wrong <laughs> right but, but then again because mine's more of a revenge story i did go to movies at one point where i was like okay i i because I didn't just want it to be a typical revenge story. Mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted that element of like old westerns, the stranger that walks into town and oh, yeah. see and sees that there's a problem. So I wanted that element. I wanted that revenge thriller element, but I also wanted that horror exploitation element. So I was yeah. looking at stuff like I Spit on Your Grave and they have okay. her one eye and right, stuff like right, right right. that. Or
1: uh, I've seen The no. Devil. You ever seen that one?
0: No, I haven't seen that one. Oof,
1: that's uh, that's a tough one. I think it's a japanese film it's a revenge film it's really rough to watch but it's great
0: fantastic i i I think i also uh re-watched old boy oh yeah during that time that movie's great (laughs) still haven't seen the remake i don't think that's i have no desire
1: (laughs) yeah i have no desire to see it it's that first (laughs) one is just a trip and it's so well done cinematography and everything
0: Everything's so well paced and well thought out. Oh, I love that film. It's
1: so good. It is so <laughs> so, so good.
0: Speaking of pacing, because mm-hmm. you're used to to drawing the books as well as writing them with Wirehead, right. did did you did you ever stop, look back at your script and think, hold on, there, there's a pacing issue. Did you did you have any problems with pacing?
1: Um hmm, do I have any pacing issues? Well, I will say that when we, I knew that I wanted to feel like a roller coaster ride and I wanted to just, you know, nonstop. But then I knew at a certain point we have to take a breath. So uh, I think it's important that, you know, we always try to take that breath with the writing, you know, so the, the, the people who's on the road, you know, it's that, it's like the, Whoa, and now the, you know, going yeah. down and now we got to, our here's that breath now. Oh yeah, but we're going back up again. So, so yeah, I, I, I if I knew that we were going too far with the, with the nonstop, I was like, okay, this is just going to be like a headache. So let's tone it down a little bit and give that breath to kind of add some character development.
0: Fantastic. And I just want to quickly say, thank you very much to Stinch Whackbacker in the chat. Cause he pointed out the writer's guide to violence was written by Rory Miller.
1: Rory, Rory Miller. Yeah. And he Sorry. said, Oh yeah. I saw the devil is a South Korean film.
0: Yeah. Oh, the movie's crazy. Oh, bless them the the, <laughs> the the asian cinema is, just, is something else something. They, they
1: have a stomach for any even jinji ito you know the the manga
0: yes it's yes. unbelievable oh uh, man Did, were there any points uh with wirehead where you were like okay this scene's pretty fucked up this scene's fucked up but it's staying in oh this one's a bit too far i don't think that's staying in um
1: no i wanted to keep everything in there yeah, if there's only a moment that I was like, okay, you know what, maybe, maybe I'm gonna save this particular kill for later because this other person should get it. So, but it's there, everything is there.
0: Oh, fantastic! <laughs> the, 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 this just sounds like my perfect book.
1: I think you're gonna enjoy it. I, I really can't wait. Like I said, we've been. The the campaign is is literally like ready to go. Um, can I share it so you guys could see it yeah, before yeah, we go? Yeah, yeah, please do, please. do. I'll do the share screen thing. I think uh, mm-hmm. so. You guys could take a look at it. It's only a couple of people have uh have seen what it looks like so far. So, can you guys see it? Can you see yeah. it on your end?
0: Okay, yeah, I can see it on my end.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so we have the whole thing here, and there's the logo, which Peter Semetti designed, by the way, which I think he oh, did fantastic. a yeah, he did an unbelievable job. It has a evil dead meets Friday. Yeah. Like, it's just he nailed it, he totally nailed it. Yes. And uh, we have the featured perk here, which is 50 US. And you guys get a lot of bang for your buck. You get two copies of Wirehead, both signed, one of them with a head sketch by Michael. You get Blood Realm volumes, both signed, three Wirehead prints, and a trading card. So, and the book is over 80 pages.
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> so. my. Yeah,
1: no. It's uh I know which perk?
0: I'm going for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I figured you know what? Like if we're going to do a featured perk, I want people to get a lot of merch and a lot of fun stuff, and of course that includes all the backer unlocks. So you're going to get piled on. <laughs> so oh, wonderful. And here's the cover all ready to go. Uh it's with the lettering. Uh, the West Locher, uh, I can't can never I, I don't know if it's Locher or Loker. I think it's Loker. I, I've interviewed him before, but uh, he's doing <laughs> the lettering. <laughs> I forget. Every time I see his name, I want to pronounce it a different way. So, yeah, and then we have the Blood Realm pack with Wirehead. And then uh, here's some of the black and white by Michael. So you could see, like, when you look at those black and whites, it's very rich. Ooh, yeah. And this is this is the first page. We literally start, bang, right into it. These two nice. kids are running.
0: That, that's wonderful like like the the energy from the movements that like there's there, i don't know if it's just me but there's kind of like that hint of archie comics kind of mm, that, yeah yeah that's a really good point dig.
1: yeah he's got a, a really fun way of of illustrating characters and faces that it's like archie but like you know and again like that ec horror comics vibe you know
0: yes yes i know exactly what you mean
1: yeah it's like the faces and everything so and the line work obviously so, oh, and he's really not inter-
0: scared to use blacks. No, definitely Good.
1: not. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, yeah, we have a, only a couple more pages. I think only one more, one more after this one. Of course, we have to have a creepy house right in the story. How could there not be a creepy house?
0: It'd be rude <laughs> if you didn't have that in there. <laughs> oh, the, the lettering really sits well with the artwork as well. Yeah,
1: he did a great job, Wes. He's a fantastic letterer.
0: Is the lettering done traditionally or digitally?
1: I think he does it digitally, and I think that's just a testament to how good he is. Because sometimes yeah. I can't even tell.
0: Yeah, I was going to say it looks traditional. Yeah, to me. he so, he's excellent. That's that's awesome.
1: Yeah, and as the beast is like the first time they see him, the car crashes with all the characters in it. And I love this page and all the expressions here. Yeah. And we have great stretch goals, uh, the backer bonuses, and then I'll give you guys a a peek at the prints that'll be included in some of those packs. This is, yeah, this is art by Christian Rossi, and he absolutely knocked this one out of the park. Um, I sent him a couple of designs of Wirehead, and he went and he took it, and he just did his Christian Rossi spin. He does Voidwalker for uh, Blood Realm, and Trespasser he did. So, you know, he's right at home with the horror stuff.
0: Oh, that's fucking fantastic yeah
1: and i wanted to give him that victorian you know frankenstein like coat you know
0: yeah yeah oh it works so well
1: yeah And the cybernetic horror and then uh this is my print so this this is my print that's gonna it's like a retro what do you call like a retro movie poster you know? Yeah,
0: it re- it reminds me of like uh, an exploitation kind of movie poster. Yes,
1: yes. So this is this is my design and my drawing of Wirehead. And I f- was like, you know what, let's put this on like a poster and we can make this like two-tone like Blood Realm. So we ended up doing that. That,
0: that would make a great T-shirt design as
1: well. Yeah, it would, right? That <laughs> would be cool. It really would be cool. And then we have one more. This was actually someone did fan art of Wirehead oh, when I posted it. Gosh. And I love the design so much because he kind of gave those jack-o'-lantern eyes. Yeah, and I love his line work. His name is Michael Odom. So I said, you know, Michael, I love this so much. Can I put this in the campaign? He said, go for it. So you guys will get this black and white. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Well, October thirteenth can't come quick. I know.
1: And then the T-shirt. We have a T-shirt here. So.
0: Oh, I'm a sucker for T-shirts.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh shit! All of a sudden, I can hear my credit card (laughs) screaming again. It's going, no, think about Christmas. <laughs> think about
1: Christmas. <laughs> and then we have the Wirehead trading card. So on the back, you'll have kill stats and like a little like prose written in the back of the card. Oh, nice. Yeah. And this is a commission gallery. If people want to hire Mike and I, we're going to be offering to do some uh, nice big pieces like nine by 10. I'm sorry, nine by 12. So yeah. Oh, this man, is That's that
0: Freddy and the, the Danny DeVito penguin.
1: Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That one there. Dave yeah
0: yes thank
1: you and this is michael's black and white work and uh yeah that's it so i can't wait um i'm just super thrilled it's gonna be soon um it's gonna be really wild
0: like i said guys there's a link in the description box down below to the indiegogo like pre-launch page go sign up I, i i already have there needs to be more people signing up for this, because I have a feeling this is going to be one hell of a killer book. Thank you, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks, man. And uh, Stinch said uh, Mr. X and Nemesis. Yes, huge huge influence was Resident Evil, and uh, Resident Evil 3 specifically, uh, when I played that game and was it like 1998 1999? I think that was 1999 uh, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis.
0: See, that, that's where I let everyone down. I'm not a gamer, so I okay, gamer. You're not. All right.
1: <laughs> I'm a big gamer, so yeah.
0: Oh no, I spend my time with with comic books and movies, trying to trying to take on another commitment like that. it's, <laughs> it's not It gets happen.
1: expensive too, so you're better off. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, like getting like movies. Like I'm still a physical media guy. Sometimes yeah. that can get a bit expensive if you're looking for like that one movie that like is long out of print
1: oh yeah like the phantom i don't know if you're familiar with the phantom i love that movie from yeah. the 90s with the, billy zane
0: with billy zane yes
1: yeah it's impossible to get that blu-ray and i'm so fortunate i bought that like eight years ago and yeah. i had to pay 30 dollars for it on ebay now the thing's like almost 100 bucks
0: so oh,
1: it, yeah movie's incredible God. so i'm glad i was able it's to get it. a hold of it.
0: oh man like i've had that with a couple of movies like there's a movie called begotten Mm. don't know if you ever heard of it it's this black and white kind of like art house horror movie like it opens up with god disemboweling himself (laughs) and like the dvd was so long out of print this is going back a few years now like the cheapest copy you could find was around 400 bucks wow and I was lucky that one day I found someone who had an original copy for a hundred bucks. And I was like, fuck it. I've got to do it. I'm never going to find it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just got to do it.
0: The uh, only thing that hurts is like when you do something like that, and then all of a sudden the re-release comes out oh, for $10 and you're like, no, no. Oh
1: time. God. That's brutal. <laughs> that's
0: brutal. Well, I've got to say this has been an absolute pleasure and I hope oh, that we yeah. do this again real soon. Definitely. And and best of luck with Wirehead. Like I said, I think dog it's expert. going to be a killer book. I hope that everyone and their dog signs up. <laughs> Me too. Yes. As soon as possible. That'd be well, great. Well, guys, that, that brings us to the end of this show. Hopefully I'll do another one in the not too distant future. Yeah. Until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other and stay awesome.